Hello and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Sroten, and today we have a very special guest, one of my best friends in the world and my business partner, Trey Gregory. Trey, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing, Jay? Good. I'd say for context, I just want to tell people I've been doing this um, because we're doing all these interviews during the pandemic. I believe that today is April 16th, 2020? Yep, yep, April 16th. Um, Trey or I are, are not watching the news because it's too depressing. So we, we we don't even care what day it is. Um, yeah, I just the only thing I know that's happening today is I have an interview uh, for your podcast. <laughs> so Trey and I have been working together since uh, two. Wait, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Because Trey got hired on September 11th, 2001 at the television station where I was uh, the head of production and programming on September 11th. (laughs) That's right. It was, and I was, I had been looking for a job for months and months and months. And it was like probably the best day of my post-collegiate life up to that point. So uh, I was so excited. I, I was glad we got to go sell it well. We went and somberly celebrated. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of emotions that day. Yeah, I bet. You know what's funny is like when people say their life changed on September 11th, your life really did change on September 11th. <laughs> yeah, it did. It got way better, actually. Because I met, I started working with you and getting paid for it. <laughs> right, right. We all got paid. So, So let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of, you know, set up our history and and how the company was started. Uh, at ECG, or do you want to go back further? Let's further go. Back? Let's go back to where it started quickly. We don't want okay. to bore people, but get to the the fun details about how awesome I am. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, the company that we were all at went under on in two thousand and uh, I believe seven on the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Okay, so that's when it was all announced that, that, that it was over. So we all left and scattered to the winds. Yeah, 40, 40 really good friends, including Jason Marasini, our other partner, and my wife, Courtney. Exactly, and another guy named uh, Charlie Hess, who becomes relevant later, and another guy named Josh McGill. And we came down, or we, we all went out and did our own things for a couple of months, and Jason and I came down here and to Atlanta. through a friend of his, to Atlanta, and through a friend of his dad's, had an opportunity to kind of pitch a video production business and get some sort of seed capital pumped into it. And so we worked on a business plan. We came down, we pitched it, and he said yes. And so in November of 2007, Jason and I moved down here and started up ECG Productions in its, like, first form. <clears throat> we It was just the two of us for a little while, and then we hired two of the guys from... Uh, up in Boston at the previous company, the guy I mentioned earlier, Charlie Hess, and a guy named Josh McGill. And Jay, meanwhile, you, I believe, went to New York yep. and started working at Howard TV at that time. Yeah? Yep, that's correct. And so uh, Jason and I, basically, we had the company. We grew it a little bit up till we were we had four uh, full-time employees, including ourselves. So I guess it would be six. And then our investor kind of pulled the rug out from under us. And uh, sort of left us with uh, zero cash. So we had to act 
quickly. Two weeks involved- before I got, I was moving yeah. down there. <laughs> yeah, we had just hired Jay. He was going to be um, officially our uh, seventh employee. And so then, <laughs> like, we essentially had to fire two employees, like, that that week. Um, Charlie left for greener pastures uh, a little before this. And uh, so it was just the three of us, me, Jason, Josh. And we called up Jay and we're essentially like, hey, like, we can't. <laughs> like, here's what happened. Here's the situation. We really, really still want you to come work down here. We've got a little bit of money that Jace begged a friend of his dad's to borrow just to kind of keep things alive. And so we, you know, you agreed in exchange for ownership in the company and came down. And when you first came down, we were in this gigantic office that Huge. was like, two stories like it was like twice still the size of our current office now i would say well i used to it was so big that on friday nights uh because we were all kind of poor still um i would take my wife and we would roller skate in the hole upstairs it was like the size of a roller skating ring and it was wide open and concrete the bottom was all finished but the top was not (laughs) <laughs> it was pretty crazy. It was like, and we were occupying such a, like three offices or four offices in it. <laughs> Massive and space. So, I'd say it's on so, scale with the size of our current office. Yeah, totally. Like I, like if you stacked them top to t- like two on top of each other, I'd say it's like pretty darn close. Yep. But, um, so <laughs> we eventually realized you shouldn't start in a a shop that large necessarily if your investor is a little shifty. So we moved to a smaller location that was literally under the landing strip for Dobbins Air Force Base. F-14s flying over us. (laughs) They're doing touch and goes, like your coffee is (laughs) jittering off of your desk. Clients are like, do you hear that? We're like, hear what? (laughs) Um, oh man it was cheap we ended up getting robbed twice there yeah and so that like to jump ahead like we were able to once we got out from the other space and we had our space that was in line with what our expenses should be 1200 square feet exactly (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's like a closet Man, there's some good stories from that place. <laughs> it had the worst bathroom of any of any office you could ever possibly imagine working in ever. It's one it toilet in the middle right of an the middle, empty, an empty right in the middle of the office. It vented to like it, the, it, just like the drop ceiling, just invented above the drop ceiling. Right, so, so it just, just lingered. Smell, just went to the whole office. It was oh. so gross. <laughs> Uh, from humble beginnings, we were like growing the company at the time, like actively. At this that is time. during their, had, the downturn of the economy too. Yeah, two thousand eight, like, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Things were like really, really difficult, and because we were not only were we like a brand new company, but it was like you said, like the toughest economic time since right now. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> I think now we're a lot more fucked. <laughs> uh, so so but we were growing the company at the time and that was it was a super exciting time and like then we did get robbed like jay said twice in three months so i went in to check the mail on new year's eve and 2010 i think 
It might have been two. New Year's Eve was the one that we watched on camera. The first one was where the brick was thrown through the window. Yeah. So I showed up to check the mail on New Year's Eve. And no, 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 you got to mix up because New Year's Eve, I went to like, I took my kids to this like countdown at City of Smyrna. Yeah. In like their like downtown area. And then I was like, I'm going to swing by and just check the mail, see if we got any checks. So I went and I'm pulling up and there's just the front door is just not even there. It's just shattered, <laughs> like completely shattered. So like, I'm up there with my kids and Les and I'm like, I got to call the police. Like, let's figure this out. Like, I'm going to give you my car. Like, I'm going to call Chase. Like, we, Jay. And so we all three meet up there and like, kind of like fix the door and get this stuff situated and then settle back in, make an insurance claim because we insured all our equipment. So we got all our equipment back and we're, you know, brand new and set up and beautiful and perfect. And three months later, I, I, my personal experience was I was sitting down to watch uh, some stupid James Bond movie. I get a bing that says that our security uh, alarm was going off at the office and I pull it up and sure enough, I'm looking at my screen and I see two guys in ski masks running through the front door <laughs> and robbing just, us. We were watching the robbery robbers. live. I remember we were watching it happen and like calling, trying to get in touch with the police and like getting dressed and like running to get over here. We beat the, we beat the cops to like 30 office. minutes. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, and so then like, I think it was like that night we were like looking at each other and we're all like, well, we got to move. <laughs> and we started looking for places like literally the next day. Yeah. Jace worked out a deal with, um, we looked at, oh, we looked at so many places, so many different places. Yeah. Um, that was a learning experience too. And like, we, and we, like, and we ended up right across the street from where we're at now, um, in Atlanta, uh, North Atlanta by, uh, the new, new Brave Stadium. So it was very, it was all fortuitous. And if, if we didn't get robbed, we likely wouldn't have had the capital so easily available to to make those moves, and it changed everything. Oh, totally. And, like, that first space was – it was so perfect. Like, I remember – I wasn't able to see it the first time, but you and Jace had seen it. And you were like, we got two places, and we think this one's really good. And you guys took me over there, and it was just like – you walk in, and it was just perfect. Like, I remember seeing it. And knowing right away, like this space, like this is it, like this, we can do this. And so that place is awesome. So it's nice to be able to look at it from across the parking lot. And, and it's cool. And be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that space. <laughs> I remember being there. I, I dream of being at the office at this point. All right, Trey. So let, let's, let's do a big rewind. And I want to know, first of all, what you do other than being a partner at ECG Productions. So when you say other than being a partner, do you mean that including like financial? Uh, like yeah, just tasks? everything you do. What, I mean, you know, you're an animator, you're a CFO, you're Okay, like, yeah. Let me, I'll, okay. I'll start with the boring stuff and move on to the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I manage all of our finances and like kind of do our financial planning and act as our CFO at ECG, you know, in a brain trust with Maricini, of course, like we kind of, you know, do it as a team for a while. It was just me, but now he and I kind of manage it together and it's a lot easier to do. Managing a business is cash flow and income and, you know, debt sheets and like all this stuff that, that 
we do. Like it used to really feel, and it still does. It's not fun, but <laughs> yeah, like, no way. that's it, why it's, I'm it's not, not included, fun, <laughs> but it feels good to know how to do it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have You're in control of the business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I like, I have business school experience. Cause when I was in college, I was in the business school for my first three years. So <clears throat> that's where I got my accounting courses, two semesters. Wait, no, we were in quarters at the time, two quarters. I got a C both times, but I was the most qualified person to be our accountant at the time. <laughs> so that's why I got that. High standards. And that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I do, I say it's not fun, but I do, like I was saying, I enjoy it. It feels <clears throat> powerful not to be scared of making large decisions with money, you know, like to, 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 you know, be able to evaluate them and not, it's not a worry guess. about exactly. And like to, to, cause I remember when we started doing it, it was all just fear. It was just being scared. Of where's the next check coming from? And it's all, that's just part of business. You don't need to be scared of it. You just got to make it happen. And it's more than that too. Like as you get and grow as a business, it isn't always just about, where's the next check coming from a client from you have assets and resources available to you that allow you to manage your cash flow in a way that you don't when you're a smaller business and sort of, it's been a real learning experience growing into those assets and learning how to properly utilize and manage them carefully. And, and so like, I'd say that, well, <laughs> I keep saying it's not fun, but it is something I really do like, you know, I enjoy it and it feels good to do and to have that knowledge and understanding like that to, to make a place run. Like, that, that well, I mean, feels good. if you can do that, you can, it's applicable to everything in your life. So uh, I, I totally get that. What do you do on the fun side? Mm -hmm. Okay. So most, I'd say I spend a good 40% of my time doing sort of business management operations and financial stuff. And thus 60% of the time, if it's a good week, the other 60% of the time <laughs> is either spent doing animation or um, doing director of photography work. Uh, which one do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about them both. So what? So Trey leads our animation department. You you started doing animating. I remember when you were learning After Effects sitting next to me in East Boston. Oh, okay. We can go back that far. So, because my animation, like, like the person I look up to in animation is a guy named Travis Johns, who we worked with up in Boston. He was the After Effects guy who kind of taught me the basics, and I got to watch him work. And, like, he was just, like, naturally – I don't know if he's come up in any of these other ones. He's just a very naturally, artistically talented guy. He's got a great eye and great style. So he's a really good person to learn to, and he could do such cool things with After Effects. I was like, man, I want to I do that. And so that's kind of what got me into it. And I've always kind of dug into After Effects. I've dabbled in all sorts of other 3D programs and I have a lot of like moderate, like medium proficiency in a lot of software, but After Effects, I'm like a really, really high, high level user. I but mean, you've been doing it for 15 years. How long there are users who can just after effects circles around me, but uh, yeah, it's like I just ugh, I love it. I love doing animation and graphics. I've actually during the pandemic we've been doing a lot of it, so I've been able to. Trey's an animate. excellent, excellent animator. I mean, and I, he runs a really good team of two D and three D animators at our Atlanta headquarters. 
Yeah, and we've been uh, like the last what, like month and a half, two months. Um, I'd say about eighty percent of what we're doing is animation. It's almost entirely post production, but like the amount of animation that's coming out right now is amazing. It's great to see the team like really kind of pull it together and like you know everybody's chipping in from remote like we're we're logging in and out of each other's projects like it's like i kind of feel like we're working in the future <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely going to change things long term for everybody and give the world comfortability with working from home so uh, 100% you also like you said earlier you're a director of photography but you're also uh i mean a very talented director of photography except for all your dutch angles um the um <laughs> uh you write with us, you direct pieces. So, you know, like a lot of us who got our start in this business um, at XY and and just anybody who's worked with us, we all do a lot of things. What is your favorite things to do that you, that you do? <clears throat> um, first off, I think, like, don't you think that the most talented people that you've worked with have multiple onset abilities. Like they understand like a, a really good director needs to know how a light works and where it needs to go and what a net is going to do if you put it in front of it. Like, I think like there's something to be said for the amount of people we have at our company that are so multi-talented and how important I think that is in this profession. It's just, it's so critical well, I mean, we all came up as the technology was evolving and getting easier and you could be a one-man band. And so we just all learned because we were shooting, we were editing. And if you're, I mean, the best way to become a shooter, a better shooter is to edit your own stuff and be mad at yourself that you didn't get proper coverage or you, you missed this exterior shot or anything like that. It, I mean, all those things make you better at what you do. You're, you're 100%. We have talked about that in other of these bio podcasts where it's a mass, uh, a jack of all trades, master of some, <laughs> you know, yeah, not, not none. Yeah. We're a master of some of them. Like I would yeah. say you're a master DP and animator. And that's like, I mean, if you were to say that, if you were to put it in terms that people who are sports ball fans, like, you know, that'd be like playing soccer, uh, football and baseball. Like that's like how Bo specialized. Like Bo, like Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley was the guitarist. You're thinking of Bo Jackson, but Bo Jackson. Okay, so <laughs> let's hop in a time machine now that everybody knows what you do, and let's really dig into. Wait, we didn't talk about DP. I didn't get to answer your question. Oh, go before. go ahead. Yeah, DP. Um, so uh, as a DP, I, I director. Like, sorry, sorry, director of photography is what DP stands for. If you're listening, yes. Um, as a director of photography, I um, like I've been doing that actually longer than I've been animating. Like, Jay, you and I, the first day that I came and worked with you guys, I think I had to shoot with the XL1 a couple of times. Like, you, you showed had to me take how my to camera use class. Yeah. So like, I yeah, taught you everything you know. You, <laughs> you, about the XL1. Well, <laughs> but you did. Like, I, I had experience <laughs> with cameras, but, like, you, like, trusted me to use it and, like, do it. And you did give me a crash course in it. And then... um like, that was when I really, like, that job up in Boston, I was shooting oh my with God, the camera so on my much. shoulder two, two, you know, five, six-hour days 
where it's just up on my shoulder the whole time. Like, and just doing all reality that all shows. different lighting conditions, like different days, like just doing, and for the roomies too, like shooting that was the same thing, like shooting reality style with no lights outside, like that. The roomies, the roomies was like a ripoff of the real world, except we followed them day and night, and you could watch them on these creepy spy cameras Dude, on the think internet. about it this. Jay, imagine that today is the, that is like the hype house in TikTok. I don't know if you know what that is, oh, but dude, it's like. John, John Garabedian, who started that company, was, he was a real vision. He was, he's a visionary. He was ahead of his time. He like truly was two decades too early with this shit because he was onto something. That, well, he's, and like. He told, used to tell me that we will all be our own programmers in the future. We will choose what we watch when we watch it. And that was before YouTube. Like so, that's yeah. like crazy. We shut yeah. down. We shut down right before YouTube started. Right when YouTube started, yeah. actually, yeah, right, right at that time. So. And we were a cable network available in 100 markets across the country. We grew it from nothing, so it was a huge accomplishment. We thought we were going to be rich and famous, and then, you know, some planes flew into a building. The economy started to slowly crumble, and then we ended up with the mortgage crisis, and everything went to shit. But back to DPing. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, <laughs> um, like now I've worked with other DPs many, many, many times. It's one of one of my favorite things is to work with other director of photographies because you learn so much just from like people who have more experience or experience with different equipment and different cameras. And <clears throat> you know, I don't always shoot. A lot of times, sometimes, like you said, I will direct. So, like, just working with other DPs and seeing how they work is like. One of my favorite things to do, next to asking lighting guys what their favorite, like, production term is. <laughs> what is the most popular answer? Butt plug or onky bonk? Butt plug? Or onky bonk. Okay. What's a butt An onky plug? bonk is a, is a platypus. Oh, gotcha. And a butt plug is uh, the spud at the, the baby top pin? of a... Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Let's jump in a time machine tray, and we're going to go back to when you were a seed in your dad and your mom had an egg, where were you born? Atlanta, Georgia. Wow, you've really you've really ventured out far in your life. <laughs> I lived in Boston and for a little <laughs> while. And I I, I I went to university in Athens. Oh, oh to university, eh? So real. That's what they call it. That's what they call it over uh, there. I wouldn't know because I didn't graduate. Um, <laughs> so what's your most impactful childhood memory? <laughs> I don't, don't want to get yeah, into that. No, you should, dude. I know what it is, I think. I, <laughs> come on. I, I don't want everybody come on. I don't want to talk about no, like you want to. Uh, let's see. Uh, I used to make uh, little stop motion animations with my parents' video camera. They had a VHS camera, and I would make little little animated like Play-Doh and clay figurines uh, by stop motioning the camera uh, myself. And like I would do it for hours and hours and hours. It was the most fun ever. Um, that's probably my best childhood memory. I didn't ask you what your best childhood memory was, uh, but you know, you can skate around that. We won't go Dr. Phil or Maury on this, but maybe we'll yeah, come back listen, in another man, podcast. I don't want to sit here and talk about my, 
my like parents or anything like that. Like, I don't want to bring down the mood. <laughs> whoa, whoa, your parents are great people. Why, why would it bring down the mood? Yeah, my mom's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so what's the most dangerous thing you have ever done? Um, uh, okay, so I definitely feel like that time you, me, and Jace ran across Sturrow Drive in Boston. That was probably the most dangerous thing I've ever God, done. And that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, I would also say I once went up on a like 13 or 14 story building on the side on one of those like, you know, when you see the painters or the like people working on the side of a building on one of those like platforms that raises and lowers. I went up on one of those. That was freaky. Um, But I was strapped in, so it felt fairly safe. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that I've ever almost died. I've been in car accidents. I mean, the Sturro Drive thing was crazy. Had we been drinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I almost died and when I was in a car accident when I was 16 years old. I was on the way back from uh, Six Flags, and I was on I-20 headed east into downtown Atlanta. I missed the exit to 285 North where I should have gotten off and was like, oh, I'll just pick it up at 75. And it just rained, but it was sunny. Uh, so like the rain came through and it was a heavy rain, but then the sun came out. So there's a lot of standing water and a hydroplane and three other people in the car with me. And I was in a 1979 Ford Fairmont station wagon and it was poop brown and it hydroplaned and it slid across the road and I slammed into the wall, like the divides, the highways at 60 miles an hour and spun around and hit it again and like clipped another car. So you've always been a bad driver. And then came to rest. Uh, you know, like skidded across the back. Everybody's fine because the car was a tank. What uh, was the car? Probably, it was a 1979 Ford Fairmount Holy station. Holy cow, dude. Oh my God, that's hilarious. What a great car. Was that your first yeah. car? Yeah, it was my stepdad Bob's car. Shout out to Bob. That I Shout totaled. out to Bob. Hey, so what's the <laughs> smartest thing you've ever done? That's a tough one. I'm a pretty humble guy. It's one of my best and most amazing qualities. <laughs> totally. Uh, I would say partnering with you and Jace, like you guys balance me out in a really powerful way, I think. And I, I like to believe that I do the same thing for the two of you. Absolutely. Yeah. We are, I think partnerships are based on not being exactly the same, having enough in common where you are friends and you can work through things, but being able to fight and have different opinions definitely makes a, a better business. One oh, yeah. thousand percent. If, 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 if all partners, if, if, if all partners agree on everything all the time, two of those partners are not necessary. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Well, I, I'm great because I'm, I'm so bad at certain things that I can't live in a, par- uh, a non-partner world. So to me, that's just yeah. like everyday life. Uh, where did you go to college? I told you I went to university in Athens. Oh, at the University of Georgia, your bulldog. Uh, yeah, I, University of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. University of Georgia. Actually, I've got a lot it's of such a popular I've got a lot school. of school we have so spirit, I'm sure you could tell. Um, I spent all 
three, my final three years at the University of Georgia working during every single football game so I could make tip money because I, I just, I like money. Where were you I working? I didn't care about the games. I worked at the University of Georgia Hotel at the Georgia Center. I was a bellhop and I would help the, uh, you know, old drunken alumni get to and from the games, right? And they would tip all day. And then when they would come in and come out of their rooms on the Saturday or the Friday night before yeah. and the Sunday after, whew, I would make like 150 bucks just in tips. That's huge for, for a and, young college kid. Oh, you know, I go blow it on booze downtown. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Sometimes directly from work. And what did what'd you study, like mass comm or something like that? So I was in the business school for, like I said, three years. And then actually it was two and a half. And then right in the middle of the second half, I reapplied a lot of my business credits to um, my telecommunications degree, which is now essentially like a digital media degree. Essentially, it was like video production school. Gotcha. Like the classes I took were like video production stuff, like basics and like writing courses and sort of, you know, critical thinking about and just like kind of a, a decent base for how to think about video production. Yeah. Uh, what do you like most about uh, working at ECG Productions and owning it? <clears throat> so I think those are two different things, but they do mean the same thing, I'd say. Like to me, it's like owning it and being able to dictate the policy and the culture gives us the ability to make the place we've always wanted to work. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to make a place that is in their minds, the ideal working environment, right? Like that's, yep. I, I believe that's what we've made and it can only get better. And I think that like, that's the best part of owning it is like the pride and knowing that like, you know, cause we saw the glimmer of it when we were all working together up in Boston, right? Like yep. we knew what, we didn't have all the power. We had some of the power, but like now we have enough power to be like, here's how we should make this place work and run. And here's how we should work on these projects together. And like, here's the team we should assemble. That's like, you know, a creative master team that can like take over, you know, any project and just run with it and make it awesome. Totally. How would you explain like the ECG experience, not only for, clients, but also employees. We, we talk about that a lot, the ECG experience. So I, I mean, for clients, it's just top level, super responsive service, right? Like you can't operate a business in this day and age without being able to quickly execute and respond to a client's needs and wishes. And I think a huge part of that is like, we have like rules in place in our, you know, company Bible that says like, you know, during business hours, you must respond to emails that merit a response within an hour, like during business hours. And after business hours, it's just like a little bit longer. It's like, you know, you know, we, we have to be, give clients the impression that they are the most important thing in the world because to us they are. So I think what it really comes down to is that like we're a service business. We're in right. the business of providing a service for our clients and what they the way they come out of that service experience is going to decide whether they come back for another project or they refer us to somebody else. Because when it comes to choosing a creative vendor, like essentially you're picking an artist and that is 
such a deeply personal decision. Like, you know, a tattoo artist often has a client that'll come back and come back and come back because they like their style and their art. It's no different than in the video business, right? Like if a customer comes and we provide good, you know, an awesome experience and a powerful message and they're going to want to come back to see us again because nobody wants to choose a new creative vendor every single time they do a new project. It, you know, if that was what happened, it would just, no one would, would, would ever be able to create a synergy and an understanding between, you know, the client and what they want and what the final product is like developing a language to speak to your client is something that we're really good at doing because a lot of our clients don't have this visual language that we have. And like, we're able to, through our service experience, get them to communicate their needs to us in a way that we can understand no matter how they need to communicate. True that, true that. Hey, so what is your, what are your favorite types of projects? So I would say lately I've really been enjoying, we've been doing a lot of work for James Patterson and we are given a lot of, you know, things where we just have to show a sort of arresting visual. Essentially we're almost shooting just like props and wardrobe pieces and trying to make them look different and kind of mix them up without showing anyone's faces. And it's like, we've been able to be so wildly creative in how we do that. It's just been a lot of fun. And like one of my absolute favorite things to do is to light a really well dressed scene in a, in a studio and just like, I, so I could sit back there with Colin and just set up lights and look at the shot for hours and just be as happy as can be just testing out different lights, trying different colors, you know, let's diffuse it more. Let's it's put painting. this over here. It's exactly right. It's just painting and messing around. And it like, it doesn't in any remote way feel like work. It's like, I have these shoot days now where I'm straight up like giddy, excited, like to go shoot these projects because we've gotten to a point now where we have relationships with clients where they'll trust us with creative pitches and like they'll, they'll come with a very loose message. And I'm kind of thinking of Park Mobile here. They came with, dude, they came at us with a pretty kind of loose idea that we sort of formed into something that was a little bit bigger and a little bit different. And they trusted us with it. And it was a huge success. Like it was a super it's fun. Really shoot. good. And it came out so well. Like <laughs> the whole thing was meant to look like a Michael Bay movie. And just like, <laughs> I, I'll admit it. I watched uh, two of the Transformers movies just to get ideas for shots on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were a, really bad. It's a, it's, it's a really cool thing. Um, so what's your uh, biggest pet peeve? <laughs> you have so many. You're so, so petty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I was, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you wanted to narrow that down, but I'll start right now. Uh, I got, oh, shoot, I got a bunch. Okay. So it really, really bugs me when you're driving, when people like when a single right turn lane turns into two right turn lanes, when people don't get over into the right, when they, when they stay in the left right turn lane, instead of getting into the right, right turn lane, when they're already in the right lane. Yeah, but you they have to get over. Yeah, but you have to do that so you don't have to wait in such a long line. But no, 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 no. So like the people who are in the left lane and go up and try to get over, that's okay. 
I'm fine with that. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I have a problem with people who are in the right lane and don't go over to the new right lane when there's a new right oh, lane. Oh, like, right, right, right. That's their responsibility. Right. They should do that. And then, okay, <laughs> so, so here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. So it drives me nuts when there is packaging in the refrigerator or in the cupboard that has less than 50% of what it contains, right? Like the package, there's like excess packaging. So like chicken below, nuggets, dude. They come in giant boxes. I take that shit out, put a clothespin on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll put, take the bag out and just like put a clip on it, but get rid of the giant box. That's like milk. Here, I got a, I got a billion dollar <laughs> idea for you right now, Jay. Okay. If you could figure out a way to make a milk carton that shrinks as you use the milk in it, you could make a fortune. Uh, because it, sometimes it takes up too much space. Because because once it's less than halfway full, it's annoying to me to see it <laughs> right. with all that empty space. Oh my uh, god, these my are the god. weirdest pet more. peeves I've heard. Okay, one, give me one more. Okay, uh, so okay, this is another thing that makes me just nuts. Okay, so when you are untying your shoe and you accidentally pull one of the laces through. Like, and it comes out, and you've got to relace it while, you, like, either when you redo and see, I'm the kind of guy who I always am, like, cursing my earlier self. Like, I'm not, I've never once been like, man, I really thought ahead for myself in this way. Like, I'm always like, oh, I, was, I should have made this choice. I'm, like, constantly looking back at myself and being like, you made the wrong choice there because you, you screwed me over now. And that shoelace thing, oh, oh that <laughs> are you telling? Are you saying, like, that the, the I don't even well, understand you have to relace. That. Well, you're saying you're, you pull it all the, maybe you pull gently, you, like, you're heavy-handed you're or something. You know, you like, maybe you untie them and then you kick your shoe off, like, with your foot, and one of the laces comes through. It's so Dude, annoying. Can I just tell you, you must have something wrong with your foot because that has never happened to me. Maybe I just have short laces. Or fat feet. That hurt. <laughs> okay, so what's your biggest fear? A oh, long silence. Uh, I have biggest fear is something happening to anyone in my family. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, dude, the biggest woodpecker I have ever seen. Oh, my God, this thing is like the size of a cow cat. Can you take a picture of it? It's really far away. Hold on. Uh, it's digging into an old piece of wood. Oh, wow. Dude, it looks like Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't want to tell you this, but Woody Woodpecker's real. Uh, I, there's no way I could, you'd be able to see it. It's it's too far away. Okay. Can't even, you know. Right, Trey yeah, also sorry. has ADD. All right, so Trey, this is this is my last question for you. What is the thing you are most excited about for future Trey? Oh, I'm I'm excited for when we're able to like start fully doing production in this office. Like this, we we kind of set it up, and then the whole pandemic happened. Like I'm looking forward to utilizing it to its most fullest potential i like it's like having a horse that's in like the best running shape of its life and the race they're just like on your mark yeah. 
I know. We Pretty just serious. built, I mean, we just built the most gorgeous 20,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility and then boom, pandemic. Like, Yeah. Colin has been working his ass off, like organizing the back and getting it. Like he's in there every day, like this moving stuff around and getting great. it all set. It looks awesome. Yeah. He's, that's what I, I just like, I, I, I'm ready to take the car out and take it for a spin. Absolutely. Well, Trey, um, I know that, you know, I've been very lucky to have you as a business partner. Uh, it's been such an amazing experience. And I know the team just loves your contributions and you're so creative and great. Uh, so thank you for everything that you've done for me personally. I really appreciate it. And if people want to talk to you or reach out to you or follow you on Instagram, can you give your IG handle and your ECG uh, address? Yeah, so email me at Trey at ECGprod.com. That's T-R-E-Y. And uh, you can see me on Instagram at Trey J-G. Uh, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at the same uh, place, at Trey J-G. Although I just retweet other people and like stuff. Yeah, and uh, once so. he, and he does Black Friday sale, which hopefully will get canceled this year, any live tweets. I and didn't nobody even pays do attention. it. I, you know what? Since Toys R Us is gone, I just... Don't They're not gone anymore. Care. They're coming back, bro. If they come back for Black Friday, I would be there. I would wait in line for that. Wow. Well, Toys R Us, if Four you're clubs. listening, you know, <laughs> you got this one guy who's ready to go. Um, <laughs> so, Trey, thank you so much. Um, on behalf of ECG Productions and the Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Sroden. We'll see you next time.